It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, I'm going to be looking back at the 2020 or the 2019-20 season and looking at players who underperformed their projections. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, I'm looking back at the beginning of the season, looking back to the preseason and looking at uh, the projections that, that I put up on Basketball Monster and looking at the players that underperformed those projections, trying to give a reason why either they did that or why I got it wrong on the projections. Just sort of going back and having a look at a bunch of guys who didn't live up to expectations and why that may have been the case. So let's get stuck into that right now. And uh, the first bunch of guys you can see here, the number next to those um, next to those players is the rank that I projected them at, them at on a per game basis eight categories. You know how that's how I always like to look at these things. Now with some of these, the, the a lot of these guys, they I didn't suggest drafting them at this spot, and we'll talk about them as we get through it individually. But this is just a, a way to look at it and say, well, where did these guys actually finish in terms of per game rankings? And again, you should never be drafting off per game rankings. That's not how fantasy basketball works. First guy on my list, he underperformed by a significant margin, and that is Kavon Looney of the Golden State Warriors. I, he, I had him projected to be like the hundredth guy uh, this season. He was uh, not. That player, he had an ADP of 140. I thought he'd be the guaranteed starting center for the Warriors, but injuries ruined his year. He played just 13 minutes a game. He played only 20 games. He shot under 37% from the field. He wasn't doing anything, and he was horrible. I, I thought there was a, a really strong later round big man pick who should have the run of things at uh, Golden State at center, and injuries just ruined his season, and he was terrible when he played. He was coming off a really strong playoffs from Looney as well. Uh, he, he just couldn't get anything going. It was a combination. I think it was mainly injuries, but it was a combination of injuries and poor form from Looney that didn't get him uh, the, the, the numbers there. Dwayne Bacon. Now, I included anyone who I had ranked in the top 160. Bacon was a guy that I thought was a, a worthwhile flyer type. We didn't think that Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham would be starting together. I thought that Graham was going to be a better option than Rogier, but I under no circumstances thought that the Hornets would actually give him that role. So I thought they'd go with Bacon, and they did, as the starter for the first couple of games. And he was dreadful, and he dropped way out of the rotation, and yeah, it was horrible. He was a guy that was a last-round flyer, but I stressed significantly, he does nothing else apart from score, and he's inefficient, and yeah, his upside was much lower than someone like Malik Monk, who was also terrible this season. Uh, so Bacon, was at that flyer that, you know, after two games, you dropped him uh, pretty quickly? Blake Griffin. Now, I had Griffin at number 71, 
that was uh, significantly lower than his ADP, which was at 44, so I wanted nothing to do with him there, but he was also horrible. The 252nd ranked player this year, only 29 minutes and shot 35%. That is the biggest reason why his numbers fell off, is that scoring was, or the shooting was non-existent. He hit 24% of his threes, 35% overall, and that is what dropped him down that far. I had no... Um, no belief that he would be that top 50 player that ADP suggested, but I also thought that you know picking him around the 70s or 80s was probably an okay move, and that clearly, clearly backfired. Victor Oladipo. Now, Victor Oladipo, on a per-game basis, I had at number 51. But if you remember the preseason, I could not have stressed highly enough not to pick Victor Oladipo in the top 100 because... Um, by the time yeah, he's going to miss the first three months of the season, he ended up missing a little bit more than that, and then it will be rough when he comes back, and that's exactly what it's been. He only played 13 games in 26 minutes, and we didn't get to see him fully ramp up, uh, but he finished 195th. I think he could have perhaps got himself back into the top 100 on a per-game basis, um, but obviously he didn't get back to that number 51 spot. The, sh the shot for him was way off as well. Common theme amongst these three guys. Under 40% shooting, steals and blocks, nowhere to be seen. Uh, just not doing anything at anywhere near the levels he was the year before. So he was a guy that I was I had absolutely no interest in drafting in the top 100. And his ADP at 74 was way too high for me. But on a per-game basis, he still wasn't able to live up to those numbers. And I think in large part that is due to the, the shutdown. He would have improved on where he was, but he wouldn't have gotten to that number 51 spot. Rowan Barrett Jr., a guy that I had some fantasy misgivings about. He, I had him uh, at 116. His ADP was 105. He finished outside the top 250 because the shooting was worse than I expected. His assist numbers were well down and his rebound numbers were well down from what I anticipated as well. I thought they'd play him a couple more minutes. He only played 30 minutes a night, but he was a disappointment. But again, someone who uh, was being overvalued by others um, and uh, I had him below that and he still you know, didn't, didn't live up to my expectations there. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman. He was just bad. I thought that he would be that starting center in Sacramento. He was. He just wasn't for very long. And then he was out of the rotation, requested a trade, played a bit better in Atlanta, but the shooting, which was so strong in Atlanta for two years, 20% from three. Yeah, it's horrible. The shot blocking was still fine, but only played 18 minutes. I thought he'd be getting mid-20s at a minimum as a guy that I had the you know, 107th as that you know, 25, 26-minute-a-night guy. Under no circumstance did I see Rashawn Holmes jumping up and playing as big a role or Deadman being as bad as he was or the Kings relying on Nemanja Bielitsa as much as they did. But Deadman was a huge disappointment. Mike Conley, I had at number 46, and injuries obviously had an impact on him, but he was dreadful this season, 163rd. He only played 29 minutes. He couldn't shoot under 41% from the field. Um, the assist numbers, which I, I did expect to drop, fell even further to under 4.5. He didn't get steals. He only scored 14 points. His usage fell way, way off, and it was a horrible fit. I, I did have concerns about how the assists would look, but I thought that his usage would be able to spike up a little bit, and he could be a solid enough top 50 guy, but he couldn't get healthy, he couldn't play the minutes that he needed to play, he couldn't finish at the rim, he couldn't shoot, he couldn't do anything, really, and shot under 80% from the line as well. So a really poor season from Mike Conley. Zach Collins at number 94, now his season ruined by injury, so I don't. he only played three games. 
he was 204th in those three games. So I don't think it's really fair to you know, judge too much on what Collins did in under 90 minutes of NBA action. But I thought he could be a top 100 player, and he very well may have been. But things went off the rails pretty quickly there for Zach. And then Justice Winslow at number 113 is where I had him. He finished 220th, of course. He played only 11 games as well. He did get the minutes, though, 32 minutes, but shot under 39%, under 67 from the line. Defensive numbers nowhere to be seen. Three-pointers didn't hit any. 22%. Just, I thought there was a chance he could take a step up in some of his shooting numbers and he'd handle the ball a little bit. There was talk that he'd be a primary point guard on this team ahead of Goran Dragic when, in fact, it was Kendrick Nunn that got that role. And Winslow was just sort of lost when he was out on the court and it did not look, it did not go well for him in the slightest. I'll tell you what can go right for you, though. Getting yourself a healthy cereal and magic spoon is the option for you. Most cereals are absolutely jam-packed, loaded with sugar. Magic Spoon, that solves that problem. Delicious tasting cereal, zero grams of sugar. How much better can it be? You know, if, if you've got kids, you look at cereal and you want to look at that nutritional panel. Like, how much sugar am I giving to my kids here? But with Magic Spoon, you don't have that worry. They are high protein, they are low sugar, low net carbs, four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. Tastes amazing. Honestly, it's like it's too good to be true. Go to magicspoon.com slash NBA to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code NBA at checkout to get yourself free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash NBA and use the code NBA for free shipping. Blinkist is a way for you to get information into your brain. We all want to improve our standing in life, our position at work, our just general knowledge base. And to do that, you need to read. But sometimes we don't have the time to digest four, five-hour non-fiction books. With Blinkist, they do it for you and get the key takeaways into 15-minute digestible pieces. You get a whole book and get the key takeaways in 15 minutes. What a better way, what better way is there, there's none, to get that information into your head. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed non-fiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. Next bunch of guys to talk about on this list, Darius Garland. I thought that there was an opportunity for him uh, as a late-round point guard flyer. Uh, well, he did start from game one, but he was the 202nd ranked player. Didn't shoot well, didn't get steals. Under two rebounds a game in 31 minutes is horrible. Under four assists as a point guard, and it's not like there was someone else there getting all the assist opportunities. He just really disappointed. The shooting didn't live up to expectations. He still shot 36% on a decent attempt rate, so it's not horrible. But he couldn't do anything else. He couldn't get the steals. He couldn't get the assist. And we worried about where the steal numbers would come from. Um, and we hoped he'd get more assists. But that just didn't eventuate. I think he was still a worthwhile flyer type because the opportunity was there for him. It obviously just didn't work out. And he struggled for majority of the season. Although he did come on pretty okay towards the end. Punch Bob Shiplock, Bobby Portis. For some reason, I don't even know why I had him projected here. I had him projected 130th. He was nowhere near that number. He averages 10 and 5 in 21 minutes. I thought maybe he'd play a couple of minutes, and I didn't expect Taj Gibson to play as much as he did, let alone start as much as he did. 
But 10 and 5 for Portis, no defensive numbers, low volume threes as well. He was a real disappointment after having a, a really strong statistical uh, resume from Washington last season, but he just didn't get the minutes or anywhere near the production that I thought he would. After the preseason, I thought Matisse Thibel, the painter, would have a role that would enable him to play 22 or 23 minutes and generate huge steal numbers. Well, he did. He got 1.4 steals, but played only 19 minutes. The blocks weren't quite where they needed to be. The shooting was horrible, 41 and 61, and absolutely no usage, no threes, no rebounds, no assists. So while he was really good defensively and getting those steal numbers, he wasn't able to do the other things to even a below average level to get him into that area. He was a guy that was on and off rosters all season. Eric Gordon I had as 144th. I was, uh, yeah, his ADP was 123rd. So I, he was a guy that I was never targeting, but even he disappointed my low expectations. 228th this season, shot just 37%, including 32% from three. Under two assists per game. It was always going to be a struggle with Westbrook and Harden there for Gordon. He was never someone I was looking keenly at drafting, but that's where he came in on my numbers and uh, it didn't work out for him. Otto Porter. Uh, I had Otto Porter higher than this before the preseason, and then there was all this talk about minutes restrictions and where his injury was, so I did drop him down. But So preseason-wise, he came in at 77. His ADP was 46, but he couldn't even get to that. 161st this year in 24 minutes, but I think if he played 30 minutes, he would have been around that top 100 mark. His shooting was nowhere near what it had been in the past, just 70% from the line. His steal numbers were a little bit down as well. It was overall just a lost season from Porter, but I think so much of that is injury-based. JaVale McGee I had as 89th, and he was 172nd. Bad, bad, bad from that. I thought that he would play 21, 22 minutes. I didn't think that Dwight Howard had it left in him to play the level that he's played this season. I thought we'd get you know, much more of McGee, but we only got 17 minutes. He had seven and six with one and a half blocks. He still shot really well, 64% from the field, but losing those seven or so minutes that I expected him to get uh, was a miscalculation on my part, and he uh, did not live up to that at all. Alex Len, I thought, was going to get a pretty big opportunity in Atlanta, starting next to John Collins. And while he had opportunities, they gave that spot to Damian Jones for some unknown reason. I think Len did okay. He only played 18 minutes, and he was ranked 205th, but only 8-6 and six with one block. And that hot three-point shooting where he shot 40% over the last two or three months of last season did not uh, eventuate. He shot just 25%. That didn't carry over, and he did not get anywhere near the role that I expected him to. The Tyler Hero one, to me, um, he I had him at 106. He finished 182nd, and I should have taken my own advice on this. I think I got a bit carried away with the, the way that people were talking about him in the preseason and the amount of people who were just going at me about Tyler Hero. Josh, you're way under on Hero. He's going to start. He's going to put up these numbers. He's, he's so good. He, look, at his, he's a walking bucket. And I had misgivings. And then eventually I caved and went, you know what? I can see how much they're using him. I think the, the shooting and the scoring is going to be pretty good. But it never eventuated. He only averaged 13 points in 27 minutes. He was falling well out of things uh, towards the end of the season. He was sort of in and out of rotation, and role was changing quite a bit. Uh, he didn't get to the line. He didn't generate defensive numbers. He didn't get assists. He only hit you know, only two threes a game in 27 minutes, despite shooting 39%. Uh, I, th I should have stuck with my initial thoughts on Hero. Um, I think he was still a worthwhile flyer uh, towards the end of uh, a draft, but yeah, not, not to the level that he needed to be. Miles Bridges was a massive disappointment. I had Bridges ranked 73rd this year. He finished 148. That's a big, big miss. 
I thought he'd play 33, 34 minutes. He didn't. He was under 31. I thought that he would shoot better than he did. He shot just 33% from three and 42% overall. I thought he'd have a usage over 20%, and that didn't happen. His defensive numbers fell off. He shot low-volume threes. All of these things he did start to pick up towards the end of last season. I thought, given the state of this Charlotte roster, they're going to have to force good minutes into him. They're going to have to look at him as an option to, to um, you play defensively, but also take on an offensive load. But it was Devontae Graham that stepped in and took that offensive load, and Bridges hovered around the same area he was in the past while actually reducing in his efficiency and the defensive numbers. So a big fail there in terms of Bridges. I think still the logic behind some of it was fine to assume that he would take on more of an offensive role. I didn't expect Graham, again, I didn't expect Graham to come in and have that large of an offensive role. I also didn't expect Bridges to fall that much in his defensive stats and his uh, efficiency numbers. Let's go on to the next bunch of guys and Gaz Harris. Nice, Gary! I thought Harris had an opportunity to be a bit of a bounce-back player. I had him 87th, but at this point, uh, I, I just don't know if it's, if it's ever coming. The shooting is off. He had a true shooting of just 52%. The steal numbers uh, are okay, but he doesn't do anything else. 1.3 triples only. He did have 1.4 steals, but played 32 minutes, only 10 points, low usage, efficiency down, low volume threes, and it's only steals. At this point from Harris, and really, at the height of his fantasy stardom, or top 50-ish type numbers, it's because he was shooting at a high efficiency, with pretty good usage, and getting high steal numbers, and he hasn't been able to combine those things together. I had Dwight Powell at 96 as well, and Powell finished 171st this season, he played 27 minutes. Um, what he wasn't able to do. Now, he was awesome at the end of last season, and I did really talk about how he was never going to achieve those numbers, but I thought he could be better than what he was. I thought he'd at least be a double-digit scorer. He wasn't. His rebounds were down, and his defensive numbers fell way off. 0.6 blocks per game there also, as well as just 67% from the line, and that sort of uh, that sort of ruined him. So him and Looney, those two centers who I was looking at at back-end picks, they didn't work out really at all in that area. Uh, Tom Bryant was a disappointment as well. Yes, he dealt with injuries, but only played uh, 24 minutes a game. I had him 45th this season. I thought that they'd give him 31 minutes. There was no one else that was going to play there. But unfortunately, they gave Onzes Pesesnik's minutes. We've got Mihinmi getting minutes. And the, the, the issue I had with Bryant is like how much is Brooks going to trust him? Because he had that concern last season, and it turns out not much. He only played 38 games, and he shot 60% from the field. But defensively, he's horrible. He didn't shoot high-volume threes. He still scored 12-7, and seven, which is on the way to providing value, but just so many other holes in his game and the minutes. He just couldn't make up for that difference. Thought Marvin Bagley would do more than he did. He played only 26 minutes. Yes, it's only 13 games, an average 14-8, and eight, but I thought we'd get 33 minutes. I thought we'd get 20-10 and 10 or close enough to it. But he wasn't good. Again, and injuries ruined his season. I still think it's a worthwhile pick at that area. His ADP was 74, so I was a little bit below that. But overall, not a great uh, not a great year from Bagley. Zion Williamson had him up in the third round there. And I'm not sure. I think this was after his knee injury. So I did drop him down a little bit. But when he came back, he only played 30 minutes. The scoring was great. He just didn't rebound at the level I thought he would. He didn't get steals or blocks anywhere close. And that is the difference. Now, Zion finished 95th this season with 0.8 steals and 0.5 blocks. His college steal and block numbers were absolutely through the roof. So if that had have come back at a similar level, he probably would have been a top 50 guy. But obviously, that's a, a disappointing uh, result there for him. 
Ennis Cantor at 124. Um, yeah, that's only a, a late round sort of fly. He got outplayed by Daniel Tice. I thought Cantor would start. He played only 18 minutes a night. And um, yeah, Tice got the, the nod over him. Cody Zeller at 115. Uh, disappointing again from Zeller. 179th. Only 23 minutes when his competitors were Billy Hernan Gomez and Bismack Biombo. Really, really struggled. Didn't block shots. Didn't score. Uh, efficiency dropped off as well from Zeller. Uh, uh, quite a disappointing season. I never did. Jeff Teague. I had him 88th. I thought he was a solid enough end-round end point guard. He was much worse than I expected. Then he got traded to Atlanta and put into a smaller role. Only 25 minutes, 11 points and 5 assists. He still provided that source of assists, and he was much better in Minnesota than Atlanta, but he still wasn't all that good when he was playing there. Um, again, just... Uh, I thought this might have been the last season of fantasy relevance fatigue. Turns out I was a, a season too late on that, and last season was actually his last season of relevance. And then the next one on this list, another rookie, DeAndre Hunter. 198th he finished. I had him 137th, so taking a flyer on him is fine. I knew that they'd give him minutes. And I thought maybe was the lack of steals and blocks at Virginia a coaching scheme thing? Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a DeAndre Hunter thing because he had 0.3 blocks and 0.7 steals in 32 minutes. Extraordinarily low. Only 12 points, 1.73s, 41%. I thought he could be better in those areas as well. He was overall a pretty big disappointment, but he was just a late-round flyer type of guy. If you're taking a late round flyer on fixing your car, don't go to your local auto store. Go to rockauto.com. Cut out the middleman. Save yourself time and money. There are so many different makes and models of cars these days that an auto store, it's impossible for them to stock everything. And then they go in, they've got to order the part, and you've got to wait. Why don't you just do it yourself? Go to rockauto.com, order the part that you need, and save money and save time. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And when you go to rockauto.com, you can see all those parts that are available for your car or truck. And right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, the next bunch of guys we're going to talk about here. Uh, Larry Markkinen, obviously a horrible season from Markkinen. He, I had him 40th. His ADP was 45th, so around there, and he finished 100th. I didn't think that they'd cut his usage. I didn't think they'd cut his minutes. I've always had worries about how he gets to the elite level with a lack of steals, blocks, and assists, and the poor field goal percentage, and all those things held true. He just saw his usage and minutes and shooting numbers uh, and shooting volume actually drop, and that's why he dropped as many spots as he did. I thought that he could take a step forward, um, but he didn't quite clearly. And that is a concern as to where he sits as we move forward now. But you know, ADP of 45, so it's sort of around that area for him. It just did not work out due to coaching and due to poor form from him and injuries were an issue too. I don't even remember having Kelly Linick at number 132, but apparently I did. 
He's 192nd. I thought that they'd play him a lot more than they played Myers Leonard, but it was Leonard who got those minutes. 19 minutes a game only for Linick. I thought he'd maybe be 24, 25 minutes, and that would push him into standard league relevancy. And we saw a few flashes from him this season. The numbers still look pretty okay in terms of shooting numbers, three-point volume, but just not enough minutes for him to make that sort of impact. Delon Wright did not fit with Luka Doncic. I thought that given the fact that I thought Tim Hardaway was an afterthought for Dallas, I didn't know what they'd do in terms of Jalen Brunson. And I thought paying that money to Wright, they wanted him to come in and play next to Doncic and defend. He only played 22 minutes. When he was given more minutes, I thought he played pretty well. And he ended up finishing 158th. Steals were okay. Shooting numbers were okay, including 39% from three. But only seven points on a 15% usage is really, really low. Three and a half assists only. Didn't have the ball in his hands. And just didn't have the role that I thought he would. I thought he'd be 27-28 and a key part of the starting core. But Carlisle didn't didn't like the fit with Doncic. And the fit didn't work out with Doncic. And that's what I got wrong with, uh, with D-Line. Josh Richardson. Um, it was pretty obvious that he was going to lose usage. He was down to 21% in Philadelphia. I had him 72nd. He finished uh, at 129th. His ADP was 68, so I was around that mark. But what happened is we thought, okay, focus more on defense. The numbers didn't come back up. 0.9 steals and 0.7 blocks. And hey, maybe you get more open shots, more efficiency. Well, 43% from the field and 33% from three would say otherwise. So, you know, logically, low usage, yep, we've accounted for that. Higher percentage looks, more focus on defense. All that stuff seemed likely and none of it happened along with the expected drop in usage and drop in assists. So overall, wasn't a good uh, good season from uh, from Josh Richardson. I had Kobe White um, at uh, 145. He ended up 196th, and he was unrosterable for the majority of the season. Yes, over the last month, he did come in and be a rosterable player, but he just wasn't doing... Outside of scoring, he doesn't do anything, and the shooting was under 40% all season. That was obviously coming along at the end of the season, but his role wasn't there. He wasn't scoring. He wasn't getting assists. He wasn't doing really anything early on, and that was not worth it. Karis Levert at number 80. Um, a lot of people had Levert higher than that, uh, so I feel okay about having him there, but he only played 29 minutes. He had an injury, and he really only thrived when uh, players were injured. He struggled to play with Kyrie. Now, of course, Kyrie is not there for Brooklyn for nearly all the season, but Levert missed a lot of that time. And yeah, I think he could have been a lot better, but poor percentages, 41%. That's a bad number. 72 from the line, that's a bad number. That stuff drags you down. And yeah, you couldn't make up for it with big numbers in other areas. He still averaged 18, 4, and 4, so not terrible. But the poor efficiency was a, it was a real issue. Had Rudy Gay at 149. He finished 197th. I just thought he'd play more than the 22 minutes. I thought, who the hell is playing at the three for this team? They just went exclusively with DeMar DeRozan there. And Gay played that. I thought they'd start Gay as well, but they went with Trey Lyles at power forward. So, yeah, that's that's what happened there. But that's obviously a pick that you don't really care about with your last pick. PJ Washington. I had PJ at 95th. I thought he was a really strong late-round sleeper. He finished 142nd. So despite all the hype about how good he was, he was barely a standard league guy. He played 30 minutes, 12 and 5. Stealing a block. Percentages were pretty whack. Under 55 true shooting. But uh, I still think that you got that value out of him early on. But he did not live up to the hype or the expectation or even the idea that people had. Oh, man, how good this guy. Where things really did drop off for him as the season went on. Same as they did for Dario Saric, who I had as a later round guy. Uh, he finished 176th. I had him 129th, so not a good performance from Saric there. 
Uh, again, just that late round flyer. I had very, very low expectations for him, and he underwhelmed those expectations. Miles Turner. I do not, for the life of me, remember having Miles Turner ranked number 22. But what I do remember saying for, <clears throat> for Miles Turner is that his value is baked into one category. And if those block numbers drop off, which they did, still to a really good level, 2.2 blocks is good, but down from 3 or 2.8, like that is a big drop. And that's why he finished 67th. He also played under 30 minutes a night. I thought he played more than that. He scored just 12 points per game. He rebounded better than we anticipated, but his free throws weren't good. It was a big, big drop in the block numbers from Turner that forced him out of that area. Now, I again, he was very specific, and, and I couldn't have stressed that enough, and it's why you don't draft on rank. It's not like he's got to be taken in the second round. The overall number came out of that, but I was really, really specific about the risk involved with Turner, and if that number of blocks drops off, then he's in real trouble. And, and that's sort of what happened with him, I think. Draymond Green, well, that was just an absolute shit show. I had him at 38. He finished 77th, played only 28 minutes, didn't try most of the year, shot under 39% from the field. Um, still, I think people will be surprised to see him finish 77th, despite how poor his season was, but really just a horrible performance. And once Curry went down, things just didn't go right for him at all. Malcolm Brogdon, I think people will be surprised to see him on the list. I had him pretty high, pretty aggressive at number 37. Um, ended up 16 and 7 with five rebounds, pretty good. But his efficiency fell way off. 31% from three for Brogdon. 44 overall. And part of the reason he was so good in Milwaukee was really high efficiency. Now, I thought it would drop off with the higher usage, but not to this level. So I think, well, he started off really hot as well. And it did fall off for Brogdon as the season went on. Um, so overall, yeah, not a great result there as he finished 72nd. Kevin Love, this one was strictly on a per-game basis. Under no circumstance was he a guy you draft in the second or third or fourth round. He ended up ranked 49th, which is about the area with the games played and totals value that I think he should have been drafted. And it's around where his ADP was. So I think that ends up being okay, but I just wanted to include it in here. He averaged 18 and 10 in his 56 games. He actually played you know, a vast chunk of games. Um, only three assists per game. Just wasn't able to get back to that 20-point mark, which I thought he might be able to do. The Italian cock. Hands off my cock! Danilo Gallinari, similarly, he, there was a risk with injury. That didn't play out, but he only played 31 minutes. He ha I had him at 34th per game, but again, a guy that was looking at a, a fifth-round pick, and I think fifth-round pick, he ended up being about the right spot. 19-5, and five, two assists, three threes a game, 44% overall. I was expecting him to play more minutes than that because I did not trust the Thunder bench and Basley and Nadir and those sort of guys, but they didn't go too hard on uh, Gallinari. I think overall his season was pretty good. De'Aaron Fox, I had it 39th. He finished 60th. The uh, free throw shooting was a worry there. The steal numbers, uh, more the three-point numbers were poor. Only one three per game in his 20 points. And that's probably what I got wrong with Fox, just thinking he'd hit more threes and pushing him up a little bit higher. Same with Jaron Jackson, who I had at 44. That was a little bit lower than ADP, which was 39. And he finished 65th. Averaged 17 in 28 minutes. Um, the minutes were up. I, I would have hoped for more, but foul trouble was still a problem. His blocks weren't as high as anticipated. The three-point shooting was great, but the rebounding was absolutely atrocious from Jackson, so he failed to live up to those expectations. While Steph Curry, I had Steph fourth on a per-game basis. Uh, his ADP was fourth. I think overall I would have picked him fifth in that first round just because of the uncertainty of what this Warriors team would look like. And then, of course, he missed nearly all the season and played only five games and only 28 minutes. So I think he could have been better than the 23rd ranked player per game that he was in only 28 minutes. In fact, I'm certain he would have been. So I don't think that's a, that's a fair one to look at. And then Kemba Walker. I, I was 
um, lower on Kemba than a lot of people, and I still wasn't low enough. I had him 25th. His ADP was 18th, and he finished 42nd. I was worried about the usage in Boston. Uh, that dropped off somewhat. The efficiency didn't uh, bounce back as we thought, and that's something I think we need to pay attention to. We thought Conley's usage will drop, efficiency will go up. Richardson's usage will drop, efficiency will go up. Walker's usage will drop, efficiency will go up, and it wasn't the case. So maybe we just have to think that that that's not something we should be banking in with these guys. Kemba also averaged under five assists per game and just 21 points. Did not take anywhere near the same amount of shots with Boston as he did with Charlotte. And he was always going to be, I think, not a great second-round pick. I thought he could be a third-round guy, but he ended up being a fourth-round player. That'll do it for today's show. I'm going to do more of these over the coming weeks, looking at guys that overperformed, guys that I beat ADP and, and so forth. Just looking back at the season performances from these guys. Leave a comment down below if you've got any comments or discussions that you want to throw in here. And subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.